What's going on, everybody? This is Patriot Underground. So before we begin the show tonight, I just want to say a few words on behalf of PatriotSwitch.com slash Patriot Underground. You see the web address right on your screen. This is an amazing company, folks. I want to urge everybody to click the link in the description and check this out. This is an amazing opportunity to reallocate your financial resources with all of your spiritual and political values, folks. These are great products that are made right here in America. Top quality. This company has a 90 plus percent retention rate for a good reason. They have amazing products, amazing customer service. And most importantly, you'll sleep better at night knowing that you made the switch along with 2 million other Americans and growing every single day, folks. This is a financial revolution in the making. We have the power to completely upend the traditional big box system. And I do believe that Patriot Switch is a huge step in the right direction. It is a no-brainer. We're talking about a purchase that you're going to make regardless whether you do it with the good guys or whether you do it with the bad guys is up to you. But I urge everyone, once again, please click the link in the description. It is worth your while. PatriotSwitch.com. I wouldn't steer you wrong, folks. All right, everyone. Enjoy the show. Patriot out. Welcome to Truthstream. We are back with the Patriot Underground. And we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of current events and and maybe some behind the scenes stuff that we go through navigating. It, it's cool to have someone to bounce ideas off uh, that that's uh, similar in a lot of ways, uh, appealing to you know certain audience uh, and and trying to not lead uh, your audience in any any way that you know try to keep them away from uh, you know uh, falsities, if you will. So, without further ado, thanks for joining us once again. Thanks for having me, guys. I really and appreciate I, it. I, and I think you'll we'll be on your show as well. So thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, great to see. Oh you. yeah, you know what? I I forgot to hit the record button. You guys will have to uh, send me a copy. Oh, that's fine. No problem. Not no a problem. problem. Um. So yeah, let's maybe let's pick up from where you guys are just uh, in the middle of a of a great con- topic there. And um, if you want to pick up from uh, um, yeah, let me see where were we? We we were talking about a few different things. Yeah, we talked about how uh, uh, the left has sort of become the the new neocons and. Uh, the debate over whether or not we're actually going to make it to a 2024 election, given the way the pieces are arranged on the board right now, it would seem uh, that that could be quite damaging. There's just too many critical elements uh, at play here and that some kind of sane intervention is uh, is a necessity. Uh, that, that being said, we've got some really interesting candidates, um, Kennedy and, and Trump being uh uh, noticeably favorable in that in that arena. Um, I'd love to see a unity ticket personally. Those two running together would be uh, pretty exciting. And, and apropos for for our times, considering how divided everyone is. But um, I don't know. You think we're going to make it to an election? Well, it's a really interesting question. I think my gut feeling is that we're going to have an election but i don't think it's going to be the typical election cycle let's just kind of go over some of the stuff that's going on right now just to kind of lay the groundwork as to why i think that and this is certainly i mean this is just kind of off the top of my head here but we've got this debt crisis that's going on now even if they pass this whole debt ceiling thing i mean basically it's underscoring and exposing the fed's insolvency the banks are collapsing 
it's accelerating. I mean, I don't know if you guys had a chance, but I, probably not. But I just did an interview with Jim Willie yesterday, oh. and he was talking about how the the treasury uh, debt right now, the deficit is like four hundred billion dollars, and that really is the true story. He talks a lot about the treasury bonds being the real indicator of the collapse. So we've got the financial collapse going on. You've got Janet Yellen and the usual suspects out there, you know, haggling over the debt ceiling. But really, what's happening is that the entire world is dumping these treasury bonds. They don't want to take on any U.S. debt. They're seeing it as just completely. T I forgot how big the deficit is now. I think it's like 32 trillion or something insane like that. I mean, yeah. who wants to take on who wants to buy a treasury bond at this point? So they're going to raise the debt ceiling. They're going to create all these new treasury bonds that nobody wants. And, uh, you know, so we've got that whole situation. You've got the uh, the war in Ukraine. The fall of Bakhmut, which is a huge, huge development. It's basically the end of their, uh, the cabal control of their underground tunneling network system in that region of the world, which yeah. is the central hub of their money laundering operations, their human trafficking operations. And of course, Russia is very steadily pointing out all of the, the evidence that they found along the way. All the intel is getting exposed about the US funded bio labs. All of this stuff is coming out. And we're only in, well, well, I shouldn't say only, it's already June. It's hard to believe, but you know, we're halfway through 2023. So we're talking, I mean, so those are just two things, you know, you've got the Hunter laptop, the photos, there were, I think like 10,000 new photos that just came out today. You got more and more truth coming out about oh. COVID and the jab, this whole Jamie Foxx story. I mean, people are waking up, uh, they're realizing what's going on. You got DeSantis being exposed as a rhino. We kind of touched upon that a little bit. Uh, you've got Christopher Ray, who is actually it was, I think, breaking news. It was either today or yesterday, but he caved and he's now handing over all the documentation, the damning evidence against uh, Biden taking bribes from China. You've yeah, got the sat phones being given out to the Senate in right. preparation for a blackout event. I mean, so here we are in June. So I guess to to answer your question, I don't think so. I think that we're looking at an EBS situation well before we get to November of 24. Agreed. You know, on, yeah. on the top, what, what is going on with Jamie Foxx? I heard that there's some paralysis and blindness, but that's all I've heard. Do you know anything more than that? I don't know too much. Basically uh, that he had a, a blood clot in his brain and that's caused uh, paralysis, a partial paralysis. I don't really know many more of the details. A lot of the information you get, of course, is, you know, propagandized. But yeah, yeah. what I heard was that he did not want to get the jab and he was basically forced into it by the studio because of a project that he was working on. And very shortly thereafter was hospitalized. And now he's really in a bad way. So right. if that didn't happen, you know, I mean, let, let's say that this is a, a another white hat maneuver about waking people up with the. Uh, for the COVID narrative, I mean, it, it's definitely having an impact to to have people. I mean, that that's pretty big news, I would think, for the normies. Absolutely. I mean, regardless of whether or not you think Jamie Foxx, a lot of my audience is saying, no, no, he's just uh, going through adrenochrome withdrawals. It has nothing to do with uh, the jab. And he's been taken off the, you know, the chessboard a while ago. Uh, other people have a different opinion. But regardless, I mean, what this is really about, as you pointed out, is waking up the normies. I mean, they all love Jamie Foxx. So they're reading all this and they're going, wait a second. You know, 
this is uh, the same shot that I got. And this is look what's happening here. I mean, I think that what's gradually been going on, and I think we're going to see more and more and more of it. I mean, this is nothing new, but when you have major Hollywood stars, major public figures with stories like this, and it comes out and it reaches the public consciousness that does, you know, you talk about, you know, the Overton window before we hit the record button. I mean, that really moves the needle. Uh, I would argue probably a lot more than any of us could do, uh, you know, <laughs> on our own, based upon our own efforts. I mean, we're doing the best we can, but a lot of the time, you know, we're already talking to people who are awake, but we're trying to get to a point where, I mean, this is uh, where we go one, we go all. We're trying to get as many people to wake up. I think that's been a primary objective of the White Hats right from the beginning. And uh, all of this is, in my view, a very steady drumbeat leading us toward the flood. Uh, when, you know, the floodgates finally opening. And uh, I don't think we're that far off from it. Matter of fact, I think that a lot of it, a lot of what we're waiting on is for the financial. Uh, I know I'm kind of bouncing back and forth at different things here, but I think what we're really waiting on is this financial implosion. I think that the White Hats are, have maneuvered the cabal into a position of uh, being forced to basically go bankrupt and expose their insolvency and, you know, implode under the weight of their own uh, fraud and deception. And um, in many ways, I mean, you know, people, we can debate all day long. Why, what's taking so long? You know, why haven't we had the EBS or I think it's now the EAS. That's the new thing, I think. Right, right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everybody knows what we're talking about. Why is it taking so long? And there's a million different answers to that question. But I think that a big, probably the primary factor is the rollout of the QFS, but it, it can't happen until certain other things happen first. And right at the top of that list is the fiat system collapsing. And that's what we're witnessing right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, and some people are thinking, well, you know, they passed the debt ceiling, they can kick the can and they just keep this thing going. But the problem with that is, you know, again, you've got uh, the BRICS alliance. We don't, you know, we don't exist in a vacuum here. And uh, this is, um, you know, we, we're in a world that's interconnected in terms of trade. And if they're not going to accept the dollar and you've got all of these countries all over the world dumping the dollar, uh, they can't really, they can play around with interest rates. They can play around with the debt ceiling. But at a certain point in time, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about Project Sandman, but this whole concept of uh, uh, this basic threat of the BRICS nations and all of their allies to just dump two trillion dollars worth of treasury bonds and that's just that's game over that's an and event that happens wow. so uh, i They're think we're already, very very close it, i mean we're all, we're already seeing uh seeing that dump happening left and right and you know pe people don't really discuss the, the 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 big picture on this stuff you know we, we talk about the debt but we don't talk about the unfunded liabilities uh we don't talk about the derivatives market we don't talk about this house of cards that's really that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, um, we're in a tenuous situation, but, um, you know, this whole vote on the debt ceiling thing kind of cracks me up. It made me think I want to call my credit card company and let them know that we're going to have a vote because <laughs> I, I think I need a fifty thousand dollar credit limit on my card. And yeah, that's spot on. The matter uh, yeah. is the rest the rest of the world is not going to play ball anymore. And for good reason. <laughs> right. You know, we have this ridiculous fiat system, even Keynes uh when he was asked you know well what, what happens when when this thing ends he said well everything ends you know or i'm paraphrasing but um, yeah well i mean a lot of people don't realize that most of our debt in, in terms of the our treasury bonds is held by foreigners and it's been that's been the case for 
gosh, I think probably over a decade now where, mm -hmm. you know, you've got a major problem when, you know, foreigners are own the majority of your debt. They can just shut you down. And I think that's really kind of where we're headed at this point. If the United States existed inside of a vacuum, then they might be able to just do this into perpetuity, just keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and never have to face the consequences. But in the real world, as you pointed out, there are consequences. I mean, we can't do that. We can't just run up our credit card and we can't just call the credit card company and say, yeah, we're going to have another vote. We're going to just up the debt ceiling. It doesn't matter that we're not paying off any of the principal. It doesn't matter that we can't even pay the interest. We're just going to go ahead and borrow more money or, or and just, just add to a debt that everybody, I mean, if you don't have to have more than one functioning brain cell to realize that you're never going to pay off the principal of a $32 trillion debt deficit. It's just not going to happen. It's, well, it's predatory lending. It's always been that way. That's the way the entire system was set up. Well, we just borrowed 300, well, more than $300 billion to send to the most corrupt country on the planet. Uh, to fight a proxy war with, uh, you know, one of the most dangerous wars we've ever engaged in. And nobody's even talking about that aspect of it. But um, it, it's just absolutely absurd. So on one breath, they're going to they're going to extend the debt limit. So ostensibly, they can borrow another 300 uh, billion. And they've said that for as long as it takes, they're going to keep sending United States taxpayers money to Ukraine. You yeah, know, and, and if they can't get anyone weapons. to buy up that debt, then they've got a major problem. I mean, if they can't get anyone to to purchase those treasury bonds, I mean, that's what's going on there. The auctions and I, you know, I, I know I kind of took it in this direction. We can certainly steer back to the non-financial. This is where my brain has been the past few days because I was just talking to Jim. But, you know, we've been on this uh, in this trajectory now for a very long time. And uh, the reality of the matter is, is that these treasury bonds, the auctions that they're having, people aren't buying them. Mm -hmm. And and foreign countries are dumping them. They're lining up to dump them. And then once the uh, the SCO, which is the Shanghai Cooperative Organization, which is essentially going to set up you know, currency swap, they're, they, if they start dumping treasury bonds in mass and they can't get anyone to purchase the new ones, where's that money come from? Well, yeah, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If they can't get anyone to purchase up the securitized debt, then they can't continue to borrow. And uh, that, I think, is the point where we finally reached. You just simply can't live under these circumstances. I think the real inflation rate right now is something like 25% in the United States. I mean, in, in other countries, it's like 80%. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. When um, And one of the things Jim pointed out is, and, you know, if you, or I think it was Scott Young maybe who pointed this out, but if, you know, if you've got people who have really good credit and who are responsible fiscally and everything else. And they can't, they start to struggle and they can't make ends meet and they can't pay their bills. you got a real big problem. And I think that's, we're teetering on that right now. Yeah. I think that the stop gap uh, has always been the petrodollar, you know, for a number of reasons. One, it kept our, our currency circulating and in demand and, and hence the, the reserve currency of the planet, but that's been summarily rejected. Uh, we don't don't have that anymore, and uh, and the, the 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 hammer behind all of that was our military and the you idea bet. that if you if you messed with the petrodollar, we're going to war, and we did. That's right. That's right. I mean, the petrodollar, like you said, I mean, it's the the fiat dollar is really backed up by 
oil, but in a sort of an indirect way, the real backing of the dollar has always been the U.S. military. That's and right. This is why we get into all of these wars. This is why we go into these places and destroy their currencies and take out their leaders and engage in all this regime change stuff. And of course, they feed us a line of BS about what you know they want the public to think it's about. But at the end of the day, it's all rooted in finance. It's all rooted in economics, a control and domination of, of the currencies. And uh, that's why uh, it's yet another reason why I think that's really what we're waiting on. Once this system implodes, I don't think, I mean, I think we're looking at an EBS, EAS situation pretty much simultaneously, because once that system comes crashing down, once people can't get access to their money, I mean, especially if we have some sort of a false flag, a grid attack, uh, which looks like they're kind of setting that up with giving the senators sat phones and preparing for you know, nuclear emergencies and stockpiling all of this uh, medicines for radio, radiological exposure. And all of these things are, all of these narratives are being prepped. Sure, a lot of it could be fear porn, a lot of it could be disinformation, but I think it's very, very, very likely that we are going to see not one, but probably several black swan false flag major scare events that are necessary for multiple different reasons. But I think that's certainly where we're headed. And I think that once the, once the financial system really does come crashing down, um, things are going to happen really, really fast. I don't think we're going to be in a holding pattern for all that much longer. Real quick. What, what did Jim Willie, cause I know you just had him on your show and we're, we're interested in him. Did he give you a little, uh, I'm sure he did, but um, a little elevator. Could you give us a ele little elevator pitch on, what the crux of that uh, interview was was about with his take on how what this collapse might look like. Well, yeah, I mean, he definitely he's been the primary voice out there talking about the Treasury bonds being the major indicator of the collapse. And, you know, one of, I've had him on a couple of times recently and I asked him the first time I asked him about the debt ceiling. He just kind of was like, oh, the debt ceiling, that's just, you know, that's complete nonsense. And, you know, he just went off on a Jim <laughs> Willie rant about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, it was about it's about the Treasury bonds. And once this uh, once this hits a critical mass, I think the BRICS countries now are 80 percent of the world's GDP. And, you know, if you read The Wall Street Journal, you read The New York Times, you read all the mainstream rags, they're going to tell you that the dollar is king. And, you know, all, any country that rejects the dollar is going to be isolated and all this stuff. But the reality is, is that when you've got. 80% of the world's GDP represented by this alliance that's going gold backed and they're not going to accept the dollar in trade. Well, I think we're going to be the ones who are isolated. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you know, that's, it's the inversion of everything the mainstream media says is the truth. Well, even war, I mean, war used to always stimulate the economy for better or worse, obviously worse. Uh, but then you had this con con consolidation of the military industrial complex in a really unique way where, um, uh, you know, it, it's that whole tax and spend, you know, the faster they can destroy this equipment, give it away, have it stolen, whatever, the 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 faster they were manufacturing more. There was always a demand. But players like China and Russia, they they do all their manufacturing in house. The 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 whole uh, mach war machine has changed uh, pretty abruptly. And um, um, it, it's just it it's not going to work. You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of players that are trying to push us into war for, for that, that reason. They know that uh, from an economic standpoint, we are, we are in some serious hot water. Yeah. Well, war is always good for business. If you're the cabal, 
And it's also a way of creating the biggest distraction you can imagine so that they can stay in the shadows as they've always done. They engineer the war. They play both sides of it, just like they fund both sides of an election. You know, that doesn't matter who wins. They, they control both guys or you know, it doesn't really make any difference to them. What matters to them is staying in control. So they play both sides. They foment these wars. They hide in the shadows. They come in, they scoop up everything on the cheap. It's the same sort of pattern that they're trying to pull off in Ukraine. And I think that's one of the major reasons why the mainstream media has been gaslighting the public that Ukraine is actually defeating Russia. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing on its face anyway, right? Yeah. But there, there, there's a reason for this. And it, a lot of it has to do with BlackRock and Halliburton and ExxonMobil and all of these major corporations that have been lying to their investors, essentially saying, you're going to make a killing when, the, when Ukraine defeats Russia. We're going to go in there. We're going to rebuild the entire country. You're going to make a fortune. This is their basic pattern. I think that's a, a big part of why they've been gaslighting so hard. And that and many other uh, aspects of the Ukraine war, it's a very complex situation, as you guys know, but that's a real big part of it. I think that's why we're seeing this major uh, campaign to try to convince the public that Ukraine is just the victim and they're fighting this noble war against Russia. The, they're going to defeat them. They're going to repel the Russian bear and you know, freedom and democracy is going to save the day. But I think that that whole narrative is wearing very thin. And I, I certainly as more and more realities start to come out. I mean, they're losing this war and there's only so long they've already lost the war, but you know, there's only so long that they can continue to convince the public. And that's really what this is all about. At the end of the day, it's a war over consciousness. If you can control the consciousness of the masses, you ultimately stay in power one way or another, because you can manipulate and you can twist the facts. You can basically get people to believe in the in the illusion, in the deception, then you're able to wield the consciousness and the consciousness, collective consciousness is basically what determines our reality. If, if enough people believe something is true, then that's basically the world that we live in. I mean, don't we know it, right? We're all committed to finding the truth. And yet we live in a world of utter deception. We see it every single day. And that's really because the, the masses have not yet woken up. I think they're very much in the process of waking up. I think a lot of people are well beyond even the simple asking questions like, wait, this doesn't make sense or, oh, that doesn't make sense. But I think a lot of people have actually woken up, but they're too afraid to speak out about it because uh, there's been such this such an ongoing demonization. That's a big part of the whole programming, the MK Ultra programming is to demonize anything that deviates from the establishment narrative. That's deeply ingrained in the population. So when people start to wake up, especially people who kind of wake up, <laughs> I guess you could say, uh, against their own will, so to speak. Uh, they, uh, they have a little bit of a difficult time becoming vocal about it. And I think because we haven't yet seen the mainstream media taken down, we haven't seen the, the narrative change on, you know, in the mainstream uh, news, I guess you could say, is like once, once people start hearing the things that we're talking about on CNN, once they start hearing the, the, the things that we're talking about on Fox or on any of these networks, that's when they're going to start to believe it. And it's a sad truth. But, you know, I think that's a that's the way that this is the world that we've been saddled with for decades. And sometimes people 
tend to lose sight of that, that it's not that easy to reverse decades and decades of victimization and programming and gaslighting and lies and silent weapons. And just, I mean, our entire lives have been built upon a lie. And that is not a small, that's just not, that's a very tall order to, to reverse that. And I think it's a process that's taking time, but it's definitely accelerating. And I think that it's not going to be long before we're going to really see the breakthrough moment because people are going to be forced to see the truth. Some people aren't going to wake up no matter what. They're just going to continue to hit that snooze button. But I think that uh, we've gotten to a point where a lot of people are awake. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, go ahead. It, it's just shocking how how effective the mainstream media still is, uh, considering like, you know, more than half of the uh, anchors at CNN are involved in some sort of sex scandal or they have pending litigation <laughs> of some kind of weird version. Yeah, two, two well, that's a prerequisite to work at CNN. You I think it is. Yeah, the so name you, alone. You is... think they'd lose some credibility, but then you know that this clinging to this ridiculous story about Ukraine, you got a coup, you know, a CIA coup on a nation where you know the the nation lost a lot of heart uh, in that moment, but then it it went on with horrible abuses against the people for for years, and now that it's a conscripted army. Uh, that doesn't have any heart in the game at all. I mean, that's like slave labor and warfare. It's terrible. Um, yeah, they've killed off most like, of the men. Most of the Ukrainians. Forty guys yeah. left. Yeah, they're bringing in ISIS, and you know, it's like we're and tax dollars are paying ISIS mercenary soldiers to fight alongside Nazis, and somehow we're defending democracy. You know, it, it, how how is that? How <laughs> it's are they completely backwards? Us? Yeah, it's completely backwards. And yet, I, and again, I think a lot of people are seeing that. But I also think that there are a lot of people, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I drive around, I still see people with, you know, their lawn ornaments with all of their, you know, yeah. in this house, this is what we believe. And, you know, we support Ukraine and all this sort of thing. You know, it's it's still, you don't see it quite as much as you as you did maybe a year or two ago. And I think that's a good thing. But, and I live in the Northeast. So, you know, I live in an area where, it's uh, you know a lot more quote unquote liberal. It's not really liberal. They've hijacked that word uh, and what that means. But uh, no, it's uh, it's certainly not. I don't live in a red state. Let's just put it that way. So my perspective is going to be a little bit more, I think, uh, skewed in that direction based upon what I see on a daily basis. But you know, there are a lot of people out there who are still buying into this crap, and uh, and, and unfortunately, I think that. You know, I'd love to be optimistic and say, you know, and at one point I thought that by the time we get to the the EAS moment, I have a tough, tough time calling it the EAS, but yeah. by the time we get to that moment, I thought that we were going to be at a real critical mass of awakening uh, in terms of like 80% or more of the population really just on the same page. I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Uh, you know, and it's anybody's guess really what the real numbers are. Nobody really knows how many people are awake. You can look at statistics, you can look at anecdotal evidence, but you really, I think the main, I think that once the world changes, we'll know when we've hit a critical mass of awakening. We're, we're definitely going to know. And as long as we continue to wake up in this, you know, in this, uh, this matrix, this debt matrix of, of insanity and, and deception, um, I think that that's going to hold the programming in place for a lot of people. Unfortunately, I, I, I don't I don't think we're necessarily going to hit that point. It's not to be a downer, but I do think we're going to get to that point, but it, not without major, major disclosure, not without public arrests, 
uh, not without the EBS and not without the system coming crashing down, not without people losing access to their money. Uh, Q told us that a scare event's necessary. And regardless what whether your opinion is on Q, I think that there's a lot of legitimacy to that. And that's sort of central to what we're talking about right now. You need some sort of an event or series of events that's going to jolt people, that's going to have that effect, not to traumatize people. This can easily be misunderstood because some people are saying, well, we've been victimized enough. We've been traumatized. Enough. Look, I get it. I totally agree. But the scare event isn't for us. Right. It's for all the normies out there. It's for all the people out there who don't want to wake up, who don't want to see the truth, who want to continue to hit that snooze button and just keep the wool over their eyes because they don't want to change. And they don't want to believe that the world isn't what they thought it was. They don't want, I mean, who wants to, does anybody wake up in the morning and say, you know, I really hope that at some point during the day today, I discover that my entire life was built on a foundation of lies. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, people don't do that. It's, no. it's the exact opposite. No, I, I do want to say, you know, I have noticed I, I'm more now I, I'm on Facebook. Try, Scott tries to stay off it and, and I applaud you for it, but I do learn about a couple things and and people do help promote our show on there. But yeah, I've, I've been getting more like in, invited to more events and from people that I, you know, may, may have thought I was either crazy or whatever in the past. Um, but, you know, one thing I do want to say to both our audiences is, you know, we there's been someone infiltrating our comments on our Rumble channel and directing people to a Telegram channel. Um, and that that's not us. I mean, in fact, our when I comment, it doesn't say truth stream. And now, now I hope that whoever, if this bot or person is watching our show, they don't hijack what I'm saying and then make it even more complicated. So I just, you know, we don't, we don't direct you guys to rumble or sorry, to telegram. We're not telling you, you know, where to go put your money or anything like that. So please just be really cautious of that. But what I wanted to ask you is, um, how has the interaction with your audience been and how much, I mean, we have wonderful audience, a wonderful audience, and they interact with us. I mean, we'd like it a little bit more, but um, it it's pretty amazing to watch. And what are some of the maybe the the key either components or um, conversations that have started or that you've seen, whether you're in them or not, that that have flourished in in the comment section of of your videos? Because it's really important. And what maybe you could give us a little insight on that if if you care to share that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, well, my perspective on my audience is obviously going to be biased because it's my audience, uh, just as yours is, right? Uh, but I have to say, and I've talked about this a lot on my shows and really just been blown away by the amazing quality of my audience overall. I mean, we're talking about some of the best people that I've never met before. Uh, but, you know, they're just truly the salt of the earth. Uh, you can tell when you go into the comments section course there's going to be trolls and there's going to be people trying to impersonate you and you know sell you crypto and all you know all these other you know type of nonsense and that type of stuff i mean i honestly i think that's just an indication that you guys are getting recognized because you know these scammers out there that's what they look for they look for people who you know are have a recognizable name and um you know so that they can con people but that you know that element is there but i do think that the vast vast majority of the people out there on my audience have just been unbelievable. They've been so supportive. Uh, they have been honestly inspiring to me. I learn a lot. I actually, I don't know if you guys know this, but I have uh, Patriot roundtables that I do with my audience. As a matter of fact, uh, we've done about, I think 12 
Um, and I, this started as a concept of way back when I first started my, I shouldn't say way back, it's only a couple of years ago, but it feels like sometimes it feels like it was a decade. Uh, but you know, uh, when I, cause so much has happened over these past couple of years, I mean, you guys can probably relate to that, but, um, anyway, there was a, a guy, a gentleman who I, I did a, he was a listener to my show. I had him on and we just kind of did what you and I, you know, the three of us are doing right now is just going back and forth, sharing some ideas and, he actually gave me the idea of uh, maybe expanding it and opening up the chat to other members in the audience. And I put a little ad out there for it and people just jumped at the opportunity. And ever since it's been a great, great way to get people together and to actually hear from your audience directly. I mean, in the comments, it's great because I mean, you know, they usually people are very complimentary of my work and they're very appreciative of all the efforts that, not just me, but, you know, I mean, I'm talking specifically about my audience, but I really think this is probably true of the entire truth or community. The vast majority of the people out there love and respect what we're doing. And they realize that we're taking a major risk ourselves to do this. Not only that, we're taking time away from our families. We're taking time away from other pursuits and things along those lines. It's not, and you know, we're not asking for a pat on the back by any means. This is what we want to do. This is what we're passionate about. We were driven to do this, but I think that's recognized by the audience and they absolutely love the stuff that we're doing. And they realize that we're not going to get it right. hundred percent of the time. It's impossible to do that. Even under the best of circumstances, even if you were engaged in a, uh, a symmetrical war that wasn't fifth generation, that wasn't full of psyops and deception and all the things that we've had to deal with. I mean, you can't get it right. hundred percent of the time. We do the best that we can to put out information and to kind of lead people in the right direction based upon the conclusions that we're drawing. And, uh, you know, I just think it's an amazing thing. And I also think it's historic. I've talked about this as well. I think that, you know, you think about 10 years ago, even five years ago, how many people were really listening to podcasts compared to now? Right. People are shutting off the mainstream media. They're, they're searching out other alternative forms of information. The alternative media space is just growing exponentially. And I think that's really a testament to, uh, you know, to the people out there and also to all of, you know, all of us who are, have uh, basically answered the call and uh, we've chosen to engage in this war. So I think it's, uh, it's amazing. And we also have, uh, I also started this new initiative where we're doing uh, the, by the way, those roundtables are recorded. So you can go back and watch them. If anyone in your audience is interested, uh, you can go back on my channel, you can check them out. And uh, I mean, they're just amazing because you get like 12, 13 people with different perspectives on things and different life experience from different parts of the country, in some cases, even different parts of the world. We had a gentleman on from New Zealand. We had someone else on from from Australia. Uh, and now I've opened it up too to have uh, informal chats that are just non unrecorded. Uh, you know, we just get together and because uh, you know, some people, you know, they don't want to be recorded. They don't want to put their voice out there publicly, but they certainly want to share their thoughts and ideas. They want to be part of the conversation. And I think that's historic. People are rising up. People are accepting. I mean, it's not just us that are answering the call. It's humanity as a whole. People right. who are searching out the truth. I mean, that's really our obligation. It's just the way I view it, because I mean, we're here, we're, we're alive. This is our war. This is our time. And what we do now ultimately is going to determine the future for, in my view, hundreds, if not thousands of years to come. By the time this is all said and done, and if we didn't stand up and if we didn't have people out there, because, you know, none of us would be doing this if we didn't have so many people out there in the audience listening and resonating. 
and supporting our work. And I think that this is a an incredible testament to humanity. Do we still have a long way to go? Yeah, we do. But when you look at how the landscape has changed and how it's changing all around us with every day that passes, it's truly remarkable. And I think it's it's serving a, a number of different purposes, not just to inform people or to share ideas and try and decipher the most com- confusing time in probably human history. Um, I would it, agree with that. Yeah, is to you know when we when we pinpoint and uh, you know potential sci- uh well not so much psyops but uh, false flags or different things that we think might happen. I think we change the board a bit. I think if there's enough discussion about something being transparent, they'll change their strategy. Uh, example of that would be we had Brad Olson on, uh, yep, wonderful, yep. wonderful guy, and uh, oh, I love Brad. Yeah, and he brought to our attention the these uh, tanker uh, tankers on a, a rail California. system in California that was the gateway for when they were going to bring the bees through to migrate. And uh, you know, it, it, if anything did happen, it would have been absolutely catastrophic. Um, but I think there was enough discussion and enough awareness around it um, that that it might have might have contributed to thwarting their their plan well i think so yeah i talked to brad about the same oh go ahead god john i was gonna say well it's it's brad olson and if you aren't familiar with brad i mean his his energy and his smile and his knowledge i mean he's really um what a what a great guy and and, you know to have him on our side and you know coming on our shows i mean he just he just exudes um i don't know a sense of wonder but also um, a real concern and care for humanity. Yeah, and he really understands the material at a at a deep, deep level. He's been at it for a long, long time. And oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, I love Brad. I mean, I've had him on my show several times. He was one of the first guys who I really interviewed. I I got lucky right off the bat. I sent Gene Decode an email, and you know, I just asked Gene if he would uh, you know maybe point me in the direction of a couple of books I could read or something to expand my knowledge. And he wrote back and said, oh, I'll, "Why don't I just come on your show?" And I was like. What? Uh, really? <laughs> and you know that I was only a couple of months in at that point. Uh, but shortly thereafter, I mean, as you might imagine, I mean, you have Gene Decode on your show, you get a lot of attention and uh, a lot of new people. And um, Brad, I think, I think he might have been the second uh, second individual that I you know reached out to and offered him to come on my show. And right away, he said, "Oh yeah," and he knew about my show already. And we just hit it off right from the beginning. Um, he's just a really easy, like you, like you described, Joe, he's just, he exudes uh, a warmth. He, he He's just a really cool down to earth guy, but he's also an incredible source of knowledge. You know, like, like you were saying, uh, he's, he's been at this for years. He's written several books. Uh, he's been all over the world, including to Antarctica. I mean, he's climbed the pyramids. The guy's been everywhere. He's he's really an incredible source of information. But yeah, I remember we talked about that same issue about the tankers. Um, and one of the things that we discussed along those lines, like you were saying, Scott, is that uh, if enough people are aware, if enough people, if enough light is shined uh, in the direction of the darkness, they tend to switch gears. They tend yeah. that's really kind of the principle with false flags. If if the public can see them coming they're not going to work. And chances are the deep state's not even going to try. I mean, they might try the, I mean, I do believe they're eventually we're going to see the false flag alien invasion. Uh, but the real question is, uh, are enough people awake and aware and, and seeing through it and realizing uh, that it's a hoax? I mean, certainly we know we're not alone. I mean, I, I don't know what your views are on, on non-terrestrials and stuff. We haven't really gotten into that, but I, my view is we're certainly not alone. 
Right. Uh, and this is all going to come out, but I think we're going to be looking at just, just a great example of a false flag that personally, I don't think is going to work the way that they're intending it because they're, they're drumming up this whole narrative and, you know, they drum up the narrative. We're awakened. We have a voice, we have platforms, we have audiences, we have the ability to, in the Patriot community and all throughout the alternative uh, media community to put this information out there, to shine that spotlight. And that's why they hate us so much because they don't want that. They don't want us spoiling their plans. And I think that we've probably done that hundreds, if not thousands of times in terms of, you know, not us specifically, but you know, the, the community, this is basically what we do is we shine light on all of their, their plans. Not as if they're not going to continue to come back with a new strategy, but it's just one of the many reasons why what we're doing is so important. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've started a, we, we had a Patreon uh, event last, I, I think we're going to be just doing it the last Sunday of the month at 6 PM. I mean, it seems to be working out that way, but um, you know, and I put a, put a notice in, in the pa- uh, Patreon chat, but it was really cool to, to get a couple people that um, have been on the show with a couple that haven't, you know, we're, it's, it's, it's new for us. And so we're still, um, you know, testing, testing out like how exactly we're doing it. We, we opted to not record it because, you know, we, we just wanted to be able to chat. So, um, but yeah, I, I think getting, getting feedback, um, from the audience has been amazing and it's led us to other guests. I mean, sometimes a guest will say, you know, how about this person? It's like, well, we already tried, um, you know, that the, the person that we want to interview, you know, haven't gotten back to us yet, or we have that interview coming the next day. Um, or it gives us ideas as to who, who to contact. So the interaction, it's, it's really amazing because it helps you get a feel for what your audience wants. And I mean, you can't, you can't please everybody, but man, you guys are a big part of this. So, cause we like, I like Scott, like we said all the time, you know, we weren't really planning on doing this, but we just felt we wanted to do it in a different way. And man, I, I'll tell you some of the, some of the, uh, the, the human trafficking um, and satanic ritual abuse to have, a platform for these people that have never got to speak their stories. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been amazing to, to watch them and then other shows will have them on. And so it, it really is, it really is interactive. So especially if it's positive. So if you're, if you're positive, yeah, feel free. Cause you never know where it can lead anything. Well, you- just yeah, the sense of community, uh, yeah. you know, whether it's interacting uh, with, with colleagues or audience or whatever, it's, it's so therapeutic uh, to talk to like-minded people. I mean, I, I've been at this for so long, and for the longest times, I, I was an island. I mean, uh, you know, there just wasn't anyone to really have have these conversations with, and it's it's pretty pretty exciting now to see people um, coming together with this stuff. Because you're, well, certain- yeah, I think we we push the bounds in terms of what we consider to be a family in a lot of senses. I I have to tell you that. I hear, I get a lot of emails and correspondence from my audience and the stories that I read, the, the level of people's confidence and what they're willing to share, what they're willing to confide, what they're searching for. I think all of us have been searching for that. You know, you described yourself as an island. An island. I, I completely can relate with that. As a matter of fact, I, I never would have started this podcast 
mm-hmm. if I had people around me that I could share these ideas with, that I could talk about these things. Because at a certain point in time, I think I was losing my mind. I was going crazy <laughs> and I had to do something. And I think that all of us were kind of pushed into this in a sense by the circumstances we're living through. And, and it really is, I think, part of the plan as well. You know, it's again, people wake up at different times and there's different stages of awakening. I mean, I was awake for years. At least I thought I was awake. I mean, starting back in like 2013, I started listening to alternative media. I was, you know, I started out with Infowars and things like that. You know, a lot of people, it's kind of an entryway into sort of a alternative information. And then I, you know, got deeper and deeper and branched out in different directions. But I was very isolated for, for really the probably the better part of seven years. And at a certain point in time, you just you feel like you just can't take it anymore. And, you know, the election gets stolen, COVID happens, you know, the lockdowns and all this stuff. And I think that that is that activated. That's kind of where I was going with that. I think it activated all of us. I mean, obviously, some people have been at this for a very, very long time. People like Kerry and, you know, who have been uh, just, you know, really early pioneers, you might even say, of the of the truth movement. But for so many of us who have appeared on the scene over the past couple of years, it's been exactly that feeling of isolation and just complete disconnect with the world uh, and and with the people around us that has led us to search out other people. And I think in the process, I mean, I have people who really just, they confide in me more than they do in, with their own family because they can't talk to their families. They can't really be who they are. Uh, and we've all sought each other out and we can do exactly that. So I think it's a, it's also a very important uh, aspect of our own personal and spiritual growth. I think it's, you know, I can totally relate with that. And I think probably uh, everyone out there in the audience can as well. Yeah. And locking arms with you, it's, it is, it's validating. It's like, wow, here's someone that is doing their best. And I, there's just, there's a way that you talk and your demeanor and, and, you know, the interaction you have with your audience and your guests, it's like, wow, there's someone that, I mean, you're really, there's a lot of different truthers, but you're really someone that we relate to. And I, I, I hope that, uh, that you feel the same. Cause I think that's why we talk. Uh, well, you know. yeah, actually one of the things, well, thank you for that. I was going to say one, of, I mean, you guys are, you know, and I, we, this is only our second chat, but I mean, I, I, I look forward to it. You know, it's a very, uh, you know, you guys have a really unique dynamic, you know, you, you offer, I think you, you, you work well off of one another and, uh, that's kind of a, a setup that, uh, for a podcast that I think is, is unique. Um, and you, you know, you, it's, it's really cool. And I feel it, it's kind of a similar vibe that I feel with Brad. I feel very relaxed. I mean, some, some of the interviews I do, it's, um, you know, it's a little bit more, I guess you could call it like professional, you know, sort of a thing right. where you, you know, you get on, you know, you share some, some pleasantries and things like that, but it's basically like, okay, let's start the interview. The interview starts and, and then it's over. And then, you know, it's very cordial and it's great, but, um, I mean, we were talking for like 45 minutes before we even started, you know, so there's, like, a, there's a big difference, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. we probably still would be, Joe, if you hadn't uh, stepped in there. <laughs> well, I just, I just, you know, it, it, it segues from, okay, what should we talk about? And then all of a sudden you're in the meat of this conversation. You're like, wait a second. I want, I want the audience to, because, you know, you, you don't want to, you also don't want to lose that, that initial moment where you're talking about the, these subject matters. Um, and in speaking yeah, of true. that, oh, I was just going to say, speaking of that, what uh, what else do we want to talk about today? I mean, it's been great to talk about. So we, we appreciate the audience very much. 
But yeah, um, well, we've got we've got uh, what is it, thirty-seven tons of uh, ammonium nitrate uh, that's gone missing. We've got uh, NATO-sponsored weapons uh, that were headed to Ukraine. They're showing up in Mexico and other countries all around the world, everywhere but Ukraine. Yeah, uh, that's right. Black market. We, that's why. Right. right. Uh, you know, all this evidence is coming out, which uh, sets the stage for, I mean, for false flags left and right. Um, yeah. Where do you where do you think all this is going? Uh, start with well, that. I, th- I trade maybe. Well, I think it's all definitely leading toward some sort of a major false flag that is going to be. I think it's going to be somewhere in Europe. I think we're going to see some sort of uh, I mean, the narrative prep has been going on now for quite some time with the, you know, the posturing, the nuclear. Um, I mean, just the what was it a few days ago, Lukashenko uh, announced uh, officially that they have tactical nukes in Belarus. And of course, we've heard about the depleted uranium shells over there as well. We've got the you know what you just mentioned, uh, you know, the ammonium. So, I mean, look, I think that this is definitely leading us towards some sort of a false flag event. I think that there's going to be an attempt by the deep state and whether or not you think that the white hats are pulling the strings and it's all a movie or whether you don't think that one way or another, I think we're going to see a major false flag event. That's going to make it appear as if we're really about to get into world war three, uh, that we're in a, some sort of a nuclear standoff. I think that, uh, something along those lines is definitely coming. Now, if you're the deep state, why do you want that? Well, I think it's pretty clear. They they want to be able to create chaos. They want to do everything that they can, not only to stay in power, but to elude justice. And uh, as all of this information is coming out, I mean, let's not forget, we've, we've got the so much happening here on the domestic front, you know, in terms of, I mean, people get frustrated because things aren't happening as quickly as we want them to, but there's it's just undeniable that we are definitely exposing more and more on a daily basis about who these people really are. And this is their, this is their worst nightmare. So what they are going to do in my estimation is they're going to try as best they can to create a distraction large enough to be able to get the public to no longer focus on all of this disclosure and all of these things that are coming out. I think that they're going to pull out all the stops. I think we could see and probably likely will see at some point in time a an internet blackout. I think it's also a possibility. And, and by the way, just for I think my audience knows this, but just for the sake of your audience, not trying to push any fear porn out there. I'm not trying to make anybody afraid. By the way, I don't think that any of this is going to go the way that they want it to. I happen to believe that there are stop gaps and safeguards. I think this is a controlled demolition. This is a military sting um, where the White Hats have basically they know the playbook and they have a whole bunch of trump cards to counter any move the deep state makes. But that, you know, when you talk about the storm, um, we've been talking about the storm now for years and boy, the storm clouds are everywhere. Yeah. Now, does anybody know how it's actually going to go down? What the sequence of events is going to be? Well, sure. There are a few people out there, but I can guarantee you they're not talking publicly. So, you know, it, it, there's a lot of uh, fog of war and mystery there, but I think that one way or another, we're getting very, very close to seeing things come to a head. And it kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier about the next election cycle. I think that uh, we're going to, things are going to get pretty crazy in the not too distant future. I I wonder with, uh, you know, President Cauliflower uh, telling the world that uh, our biggest threat is white supremacy. 
uh, you know, combined with some missing explosives and some other things and, and the necessity on their part for uh, for a false flag. Yeah, we're heading into Pride Month and, you know, but there's it's already such a hot topic with Bud Light and Target and, you know, whatnot. I'm, I'm just I'm curious. This almost seems like something that, uh, you know, kind of like the tanker trucks, if we if we can hone in on it and discuss it widely, maybe we can keep it from happening. But but it seems like if there was going to be that kind of um, there we go, there's their pride month. If there was going to be that kind of uh, false flag okay. taking place, uh, you know, now would now would be the time. So, oh, absolutely. And I think that regardless of what they do, whether it's, um, you know, who knows what type of false flag attack that I think it's going to be something that's related to the grid personally. I think that they've been trying to set this narrative up with the whole spy balloon thing. And, you know, the uh, the narrative is is really kind of looking more and more like they're going to have some sort of an attack on the grid. Uh, maybe they'll blame it on China in that in that sense. But, you know, it, it depends on the scenario. But I think you're right. I mean, there's it's not an accident. And certainly it, it, it was not without intention that they're painting a target on the Patriot community falsely, obviously, by basically branding all of us white supremacists, even the, uh, the Latino white supremacists we talked about, uh, you know, yeah. before, I think before we started, uh, you know, anyone who, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. I mean, you're a white supremacist if you don't agree with them. Um, Larry Elder, but, a great yeah. white supremacist out there. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to, they're going to create, they've created that narrative so that when they finally uh, pull the trigger on whatever false flag or false flags they're planning, they're going to undoubtedly, blame it on patriots they're going to blame it on trump supporters they're going to i mean it's 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 really predictable i mean it's it's unfortunate and sad really that probably in the in the course of all this going down that people are going to get hurt uh you know some people are, are going to die undoubtedly because when they run these types of operations you know people do get hurt and they de- they do die this is a real war going on but i think at the end of the day the white hats have this under control and I think that uh, everything that's been put into place over the, I mean, you got to remember too, this has been a plan that's been developed for decades. And this has been a, a really a silent covert war that's been going on certainly since the days of JFK and, and arguably before that. Um, I, I've, according to my research, I've traced it all the way back to Howard Hughes. Uh, and some people go back even farther with the Q movement. Uh, and certainly there's different iterations of it, but the modern one, the one that we're living through right now, is I think that we are at the very final stages of a war that began decades ago that's been covert and silent for many, many, many years. Uh, you know, we talked a little before we recorded tonight about Juan O'Savin, you know, his book, regardless of what you think of, of Juan O'Savin, I think, that, you know, that his book, we can agree, is uh, really an excellent one in the sense that it, he paints the picture that we're all kind of kids by the side of the road or we have been our entire lives watching all of these world events happen around us and never understanding what really was going on. And that is all changing. We're living through that moment right now. We're living through that change and it's super exciting. But uh, yeah, they're going to try. They, there's going to be false flags. There's going to be uh, it's going to be a one hell of a show. Um, and, uh, I think that, um, I've told my audience that even for those of us who were awake, it, this is going to be a harrowing experience when this actually happens. It's one thing to talk about it, but it's another right. thing to live through it. Um, I think that all of us are going to be in one sense, sort of celebrating because we know that finally, okay, here we go. Uh, you know, we're finally at that jump off point, but at the same time, 
I think the things that we're going to experience, whether it's a, you know, the grid going down, whether it's the banking system collapsing, whether it's the, you know, the lights going out and certainly all the disclosure about the satanic ritual abuse, the pedophilia, uh, and even at you know, not so deep levels, you know, with, with the COVID crime, the genocide, the election fraud. I mean, these things are going to completely shake this world to the core. I mean, people are going to be in complete shock. And uh, this is also something that I talked about, not to kind of deviate too much from the question, but, you know, this is really where we come in. You know, once we're, once this all happens, our role, sure, we're still going to do podcasts and we're still going to be doing what we're doing, but our role is going to expand massively. And not only that, not just us, but everybody out there in the audience in their own personal lives, they're, they're going to be surrounded by people, the very same people who are mocking them and calling them conspiracy theorists and making them feel that sense of isolation that we just talked about, making us feel like an island, like we're crazy. Those very same people are going to be begging for answers, for guidance, for leadership. And that's a very, very big part, I think, of what we've been engaged in this whole process, this whole last few years is this education that we're getting. You know, we're, that's really, in a sense, what we're doing. We're educating ourselves about the truth so that when the time comes, we'll be able to guide people through it. And I think that's no small responsibility. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. That's what I, um, as far as the responsibility component, you know, you see some of these, um, I guess, people, celebrities, that whatever you want to call them. And over time, as they get more um, fan base, if you will, or subscribers, you know, some of them, you know, they're, they're uh, ego or arrogance may go up. And for us, it feels like there's more of a responsibility to make sure we're sharing proper information. And, you know, on this topic of, of you know, the white hats coming in or making themselves more obvious, you know, some people have said, you know, with, with the people who've had been jabbed that, you know, if, if, why are they letting this play out? You know, there's truly people dying. And so, We've had a guest um, on our show. Her name's Heather Holmes, and she actually came up with a product that helps, you know, dis dissolve blood clots in five to six hours. And the reason I'm saying that is we are seeing a lot of people, you know, it, this this dragging things on is pulling out of us things that we may not have known about. So I do wonder, you know, where where is that fine line between this forcing us to be creative and band together and help each other? And like, and how many things are behind the scenes with whether it's med beds that they're going to then introduce and then people will be healed. So it's really, it's an interesting chess game because people truly are dying. People are getting, you know, sick there. There's, there's real pain in the world. And so I think that a lot of the people that make comp negative comments, if you will, is like, there are no white hats. I mean, my heart goes out to them and I, and I can see that component, but how do you, you know, I'm sure you've got some of that feedback. How do you, what do you tell people about that? It, it's it's kind of, it's not easy to navigate at times. No, it's definitely not. And I think, you know, the, the vaccine issue has probably been the biggest uh, conundrum, if you will. You know, people just can't wrap their brain around why does this have to happen? Why do so many people have to die in the process? And I can't pretend that I have the answers to all those questions, but I certainly can say that, the alternative, well, first of all, let me take a step back and just say this, that like I was talking about a couple minutes ago, we're, we're dealing with 
transforming the world and basically everything in it. I mean, this really is for all the marbles. And this is a process that, like I said, this is a war that's been happening for decades, but it is a war. And, you know, there is a, an element to that. And it's, it's kind of difficult when you try to explain this to not sound insensitive and to not sound like you're downplaying all of these people who are suffering and dying, but that's exactly what happens in war. And my question to people would be, well, if they had gone to, if they had taken different paths, and I've examined this from multiple different angles, um, if they had taken different paths, if they had come out and uh, maybe prematurely, let's just say, there's so many different elements I could go down. I don't want to get too lost in the weeds here, but if they came out prematurely before the time was right before the public consciousness had an opportunity to shift in the right direction. And they just came storming in with the military um, that could backfire very, very easily. And I think that especially in a country that's so divided and, you know, you go back to, you know, 2016 and even 2020, I, how divided we are in a nation that has God only knows how many guns uh, that could go sideways really fast. And I think not only that, I don't think that's just pure speculation. I also happen to believe that both sides have been uh, basically augmenting their their war plan using artificial intelligence. You're using technology that can game these types of things out. And I don't think that this approach, I don't think they just flipped a coin and said, okay, heads, we uh, let everyone die from the, the jab and tails. We, you know, I don't think it was that simple. I think that this is, again, this has been, meticulously this is my view but this has been meticulously planned for a very very long time not just simply by humans even but by you know using artificial intelligence my view on it is that there's also a non-terrestrial element of this as well i think that you know what's happening in our world right now and the things that we see is only one part of the puzzle and uh you know so much of the the real battles um are things that we're going to learn about down the road. So I think that the, the the best way to answer that question for people is that I think that the, the the approach that was taken, that was decided upon for various different reasons was intended to make the deep state have to make mistakes, to, to roll things out faster than they wanted to. And in the process, they knew that people were going to die, but they also knew that, you know, you could, uh, you could have, I don't know how many people have died in, you know, since let's just say since COVID rolled out, I've, I've lost track of the numbers, but I'm guessing that uh, if we had gone into a full-blown civil war, it would have been a lot worse. Um, you know, I think that we we would be looking at billions, uh, you know, as opposed to hundreds of thousands or millions. And when you're in a military situation, you have to make difficult calls. Yeah. I think the White Hats knew that there was no way that we were going to simply get out of this and everyone, they were just going to, you know, storm in with the military, arrest, make a bunch of arrests tell everybody the truth and everyone was just going to sing Kumbaya together. That just wasn't going to happen. They knew that one way or another, this was going to be a fight. This was going to be a war and that people were, there were going to be casualties. And, you know, unfortunately, I think for a lot of folks out there who are the casualties, it's because, you know, they were trapped in a, in a certain level of consciousness and they were not able to, you know, to wrestle themselves free. Or perhaps you could look at it from a different perspective and say, well, they, they made their choice. You know, it depends on how you want to look at it. You know, we, we, we have free will. And certainly there's no there was no shortage of information floating around out there about the jab, about the dangers. Um, you know, not obviously the mainstream media wasn't telling you that, but we all were. 
Uh, and many, many people out there were, were putting out this information, including medical doctors. Uh, but people chose to believe what they believed. Um, and, uh, you know, so some people will look at that, at it from that perspective. I, but I guess the, the best way to, to sum it all up is to say there was really no perfect solution. And that one way or another, people were going to end up dying and suffering, as always happens in war. But I think that my my view on it is, is that when we get to the other side of this, we're all we're going to realize the sacrifices that we had to make in order to get there. But ultimately, that it was the best path. That was the only path that we they could really go down to to reverse to basically oust a an ancient evil that's been uh, steadily growing and certainly in our lifetime and in the lifetimes, you know, the generations preceding us have been in full control of this world. Um, that is what we're up against. So mm-hmm. to, to have the attitude or to think, um, you know, too idealistically about the, the white hat approach, I think is, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that they had to make some very, very difficult decisions. Um, you know, it's like they even say, you know, about presidents, you know, presidents have to make decisions every single day about who lives and who dies. And I think when you're, when you're in these types of situations and you're facing a ruthless enemy, that's intent upon, we, we know what the cabal wanted to do. I mean, you know, the Georgia Guidestones, we know that they wanted to reduce the population massively. They wanted to kill off most of humanity and enslave the rest. Um, that's what we're up against here. So, you know, you can't uh, you can't really look at it in a vacuum and, and say, well, nobody had to suffer. You know, and I do get those types of comments, you know, and, and I believe me, my heart goes out to people because, you know, a lot of people are talking from their own personal experience. They've lost mm-hmm. loved ones. And, you know, from their perspective, if uh, the truth had come out then maybe their lives could have been spared. And I get that. And I'm sympathetic to it. But, you know, there's our own individual experience. And then there's the the big picture. And when you really look at the big picture. I think, um, you know, if if all the things that I believe and I think a lot of you guys, I mean, a, a lot of people out there would agree with me are true, then at the end of the day, I think we're going to respect the, the, the decisions that had to be made. I think there is going to be disclosure. There's going to have to be disclosure about this whole operation. It's not simply a matter of just making mass arrests and then not explaining to everyone what's been going on this entire time. I mean, that has to happen, too. There has to be a truth and reconciliation period. And in that in that time frame, I also think uh, the conversation is going to shift massively. There's probably a whole bunch of factors that we don't even know about. I, I mean, there certainly are uh, so many factors we don't know about. So I, I guess that's probably the best way to answer that. Well, well said. God, it makes it makes me think about when uh, you know it it became official that yes, our own CIA uh, planned, coordinated, and and participated in the assassination of American president. Um, you know, I think at one one point everybody probably thought that kind of information would uh would just break people's minds right open and uh uh you know and 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 i think in terms of the normies it's often discussed like handling them with kick gloves and bringing them out of their sleep quietly and so on but i think people are a lot more resilient than that um oh yeah i agree if i landed on the other white house lawn tomorrow you know certainly we'd all be talking about it but i don't think anybody's head's going to split open and um, I don't think it's so much the resilience of the people. I think it's the mind control that they were contending with, because I do think I agree with you completely. I think humanity, it's not so much about, you know, whether or not we can handle the truth. I think that we can. I think that we're resilient. I think that we're capable of, of adapting to it. I think that the real issue, though, is that the mind, if the mind control is in place and they still have people believing that 
you know, that the enemy is elsewhere. You know, if they still have people, all of us pointing the finger at each other as opposed to them, then, you know, it, our resilience, our strength really gets weaponized against us. And, you know, that's what we've kind of been living through for such a long time. You know, we've seen over the years that the country's gotten more and more deeply divided. This is also something we touched upon a little bit earlier. Uh, these, this kind of program demonization of people who disagree with you. And I think that is always been the primary tactic of the cabal, the divide, the classic divide and conquer. I mean, you cannot, you know, house divided against itself cannot stand. So I think that's always been their strategy because they know the inherent strength of the people. And I think the white hats know it too, but I also think that they, they're not, they're under no illusions of how deeply programmed society, let's just say was, and still is to a large degree, but obviously this is changing. And that's really what this whole process has been about. You know, I'm wondering though, if people are being prepped for like some really big, big news because while well, the Kennedy assassination is a good one, you know, I used to talk about mm -hmm. it, uh, asserting that it was the CIA and people thought I was a, a lunatic uh, conspiracy <laughs> theorist. And then badge you know, of honor the moon landing, you know, it's like, if you, if you don't believe that we landed on the moon, you're a nut. Well, you know, the, the documents from the Russian government came out. Looks like maybe, uh, maybe didn't happen. And then uh, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, Tartaria. What a crackpot, crazy idea. This alternative history. Then the CIA documents came out about Tartaria. So, I, you know, this right. is a lot of information in a short period of time. And it just it just makes me wonder what what's next, because I have a feeling it's going to be big. Maybe something we don't already know something about yet. Right. You know, likely. Oh, very likely. Very yeah. likely. Because, you know, again, I mean, so much of I mean, you know, I think at the end of the day, we're probably going to go back to some of our shows and be sort of cringe at the stuff that we were trying to analyze at that point in time, you know, oh, yeah. once we realized that it, you know, it was disinformation or whatever, but you know, th that's what we're doing here is, you know, we're trying to navigate our way through this darkness, you know, and uh, we're trying to get at the truth. But, you know, the fact that, I mean, you raised Kennedy is, is a great example the Kennedy assassination. I mean, this is mainstream now. I yeah. mean, you've got a presidential candidate for the United States of America saying, that the CIA killed Kennedy yes. and they covered it up. I mean, this, that's, and he's a Kennedy and he's a, <laughs> and he's a Kennedy. And right. he's a Kennedy. <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely huge. And, you know, we talked about RFK a little bit, you know, before we started recording and, you know, like I was saying earlier, I think that this was always been a part of the plan to have Kennedy step into the race at the right time in 2024, you know, for that, for this period where the awakening has already started, but to really, not only just to continue to awaken people, because like I was saying, the guy's just been incredible in terms of shining light on big pharma and the, the jab and, you know, pretty much, I mean, some of his speeches, I'll be honest with you, if you, if you take them and you just read them and someone, someone just handed it to you and said, read this and tell me who you think it was, it, it reads like Trump could have wrote it or, or said it. A lot of the stuff that he talks about. So this guy is in no way, shape or form a Democrat. That's for sure. I mean, we're probably going to have to create, we have the word rhino. We're probably going to have to create a new word for him, uh, you know, but, you know, in a positive context, because I think that what he's doing is he's exposing, you know, the false paradigm of this, uh, you know, basically to, to expose the false paradigm of the, along with DeSantis, by the way, to on the other end of the spectrum, this political left and right, you know, division that they've always used against us. Um, but he's also functioning to unify the country, to bring people back to the center. You know, we've gotten so far off the rails. I mean, not not us, but the I mean, of course, and 
from the from the left's perspective, we're we're absolutely insane. But uh, you know, look look at the Democratic Party today versus the way it looked back when Kennedy was in office back in this in the early '60s. I mean, he would have been considered a terrorist by any standard today by the left. I mean, that's yep. that's a fact. I mean, this guy was everything everything that a I guess a modern conservative Republican is. Maybe not everything, but when you look at the big picture there, the point is, is that the Democratic Party has gone so far off the rails since that era that I think Robert Kennedy's role is to, in a sense, bring the Democratic Party back to its roots and away from all of this crazy lunacy you know, that has been embraced by the left. And we're seeing more. I mean, I don't think it's an accident that. Kennedy is running for office and he's pointing out all of these things and he's really undermining their whole woke agenda. And at the same time, we're seeing exposure of Target. We're seeing exposure of Kohl's, you know, pushing all of this uh, sexualization of children and, you know, all of these things that the left somehow has gotten a lot of people to go along with, let's just say. Wait, is, uh, Kohl's, is Kohl's recent or is that older? I just saw something about Coles the other day. I couldn't verify. I actually don't remember Boy, if it was. Coming. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. It's. Um. I had. It, I had posted something about it. I shared it on my Telegram. But. Okay. Um, they were also involved. I think it may have been some sort of, um, you know, uh, initiative to basically uh, talk about. Let's just say to talk about issues that should have parental consent. Uh, but, you know, working with these, uh, you know, these groups that are constantly trying to uh, infiltrate the lives of children, let's just say, and, and to basically uh, undermine the role of parents and to push this uh, transgender, um, you know, drag queen story time, you know, all the stuff that goes along with it. But, you know, they, they're putting out um, they're putting out clothing lines for babies that are you know supporting these types of um these types of things and i think that they're you know people have a line they're drawing a line in the sand and saying well, this is just too far yeah and so i don't think that you know it, again i mean i'm personally i really i'm more of a libertarian minded person you know and when it comes to social things i really don't care you know what people do in their bedrooms i really don't care i mean if it's consenting adult, adults do what you want you know it's none of my business it really doesn't affect my life but when you start to target children that's everybody's business. Oh, yeah. uh, that's 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 attacking innocence, and that's really it's a satanic agenda, uh, and people can recognize it for what it is. I mean, they started out with you know appealing to the empathy, the natural goodness of humanity, because most people out there, I think nine out of ten people, they don't want to hurt anybody else. They just want to live their lives. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to. Um, they just want to live and let live, and and you know, so they hear this whole pitch from from the the cabal essentially uh, really the left but you know that we need to be more inclusive we need to uh, move more in this direction of making people feel you know not like they're victimized by society and all this type of thing that's how it started it starts out in a, in a way that's kind of like it appeals to most people and saying yeah you know i think we could do a little bit better in that you know so we gradually accept that's what they do is they incrementally do these things they start out and they 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 make it mild and innocuous so that everyone will buy into it. And then by degrees, they ratchet it up. And then the next thing, you know, you've got grown men, you know, shaking their, you know what, in front of kids, 
and you know at a public library or at a public school or you've got uh you know clothing lines for babies um that are pushing agendas that you know regardless of your political views i think we should all agree have no business in the in the minds of chil- of children children don't don't need to be exposed to drag queens when they're three four five right. years old i yes. mean there's just no excuse for that in my view it's child nursing home well you you watch some you know so i think it's federal judge candidates even that uh will come out in in some form of defense of uh pedophilia as a legitimate sexuality or something and and oh yeah that's exactly what this has always been about yeah but if your sexuality has a victim yeah yeah we're not even talking about sexuality anymore we're talking about doing harm yeah that's right it's 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 not about being intolerant uh uh you know of someone's kink it's about victims suffering at the hands of, of these people so it's it's a very different thing and they've been trying to blur those lines for a long time well but I, I don't think, think that, they're going to be successful well i don't think they are either because i do think that at the end of the day and i've been very consistent saying this is it's going to be the crimes against children that are really going to unite the world that that go far they transcend party lines they transcend whatever differences that we have because children if you're not evil uh i mean i have two myself they drive me crazy but i mean you know children bring out the best in humanity and regardless of you know i mean even the most hardened criminals in who are locked up inside penitentiaries even they have a code that you don't touch children you know i mean that's why these uh you know pedophiles and child rapists and things like that they get murdered in prison I mean, even that's how I guess I'm pointing that out, because that's how deep the instinct goes to protect innocence. And I think that that's something that's going to be the real uniting force for humanity. It's going to transcend all of our differences. It's going to bring it's going to be burned deeply into the core of our DNA. It's going to be passed on for generations. And once we realize the true extent, the industrial scope of this evil, we're not talking about just some isolated you know, pedophile rings or things along these lines we're talking about a worldwide empire in, that's in, in the tr- trillions of dollars i mean that's what we're talking about here so you know right. and and evil that's just so unspeakable i mean we're not even as, as horrific as it is to even think about a, a child you know being molested or raped i mean we're talking about an evil that transcend that, that goes for, even beyond that and i think that once people fully wrap their brain around that once these truths come out this world's never going to be the same and I think we're gradually getting closer and closer to that. It's like we saw a few months ago, they had the whole Balenciaga thing. You guys probably remember that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so there's been gradually, there's been more and more of this exposure of this real, real victimization. Quick. On that topic, I, I want to let, because sometimes people have reached out in the comments and I've seen this on TikTok and they see this video of Ashton Kutcher and then they think, oh, okay, he he's a good guy. Well, and I, I'm I'm not judging here, but I, I think people might get my point. You start looking at who he's affiliated with. Um, I think it's called Thorn. And then he was a, a Thorn was the the program. And then he was affiliated with John McCain, I believe, right? To to bring this into fruition. And he talks about the atrocities that he's seen. So my my understanding of this is it's their way, the deep state's way of bringing in someone like an actor and then you got john mccain and they make you think that this stuff's being handled and taken care of when it's actually a complete psyop 
because they're not they're not actually using their technology and they're not hunting down these uh you know these predators and so i mean i'm sure you're familiar with that video that i'm referring to from ash kitchen probably like five years ago six years ago uh you know it it rings a bell but i don't remember you know the details about it but what i can say is that you're absolutely right i think that what they do is they they realize that first of all the deep state is always gauging the public that's really what this whole control grid is all about it's why they're monitoring everything that we say and data mining every phone call that we make they're not just doing it because they're bored or because they need a hobby. They're doing it so that they can gauge exactly where the public consciousness is. And again, it comes back to that. So when they realize that the public consciousness is rising or in a certain area, people are starting to talk about these issues, right? What do they do? Well, they send in their infiltrators. They send in their operatives to basically either whitewash the issue or to distract away from it somehow, or like you said, Joe, to make people to, to, to infuse confidence in the public that something's actually being done about it so that the public can then go back to sleep. Because yes. that's really what people want to do anyway, is they want to go back to sleep. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to have to be bothered with a, you know, worldwide pedophilia ring. They don't want to know about these things. They'd rather live in a world where they can hear a story and get upset about it. But then Ashton Kutcher comes on TV and says, oh, it's OK. Don't worry. We got this handled. I mean, obviously, that's an oversimplification. But that's a, generally speaking, their tactic is they get ahead of things. Right. They play both sides and they realize they can't keep all of this stuff under wraps forever. But what they can do as more and more information comes out is they can have operatives. They can have infiltrators. They can have the people who are compromised like Ashton Kutcher or other celebrities, that this is part of the deal that they make when they sign their soul. Uh, you know, basically, uh, when they're called upon to do something, they damn well better do it. Um, and I think that's why you start, you know, you see all the celebrities all of a sudden out of nowhere, they're talking about climate change and they're talking about all of these things and they're pontificating about our carbon footprint while they're flying around in private jets all over the place themselves. And I mean, the hypocrisy is just absolutely insane. And I think that's also a part of what people are starting to pick up on and recognize. It used to be enough uh, to just simply, you know, placate the public to have a celebrity get out there and make a couple speeches, do a little telethon or whatever. And right. yeah, everyone feels good. And, you know, we just move on with our lives. And that's exactly what they want. But, you know, the, the reality of the matter is, is there's so much information now. And so many of us are awake and sharing information that they can't keep this stuff hidden. And so, the, you know, the people are starting to recognize the hypocrisy. They're starting the, the, the conversation as the worldwide conversation has just exploded. And people are realizing the, the hypocrisy. They're seeing it. They're recognizing the tactics. And well, let's face it. I mean, when you see all of these people, I mean, I'm sure you've seen all these collages with the celebrities with one hand over their eye, right, or doing the Illuminati symbol or, you know, with the Black Eye Club or the Red Shoe Club, I mean, look, the fact of the matter is, is that this is becoming more and more known throughout the world. People are waking up. They're starting to realize it's not it's not a coincidence that they're all making the same Illuminati symbol. And then the, and then they tell you that the Illuminati doesn't exist and it's all a conspiracy. But then they get up on stage and they got Jay-Z and Beyonce and all of these people. And, you know, the satanic performances, the overt, outright satanic uh, practice that's happening right now the nike putting blood in their shoes you remember that with the yeah that rapper like Nas x or whatever his name was but uh, the point is is that it's everywhere 
The, the, it's just overt, open, naked in everybody's face now. It, and it part is. of that, I, I think, is the White Hats as well, behind the scenes, just pushing yeah. it all out there for people. Well, the Very great, well, greatest I, trick I just, that the devil ever uh, uh, played was to convince you he didn't exist, right? right. That's an old that, an old one, but I think it stands true. Right. We, Which, we are approaching about an hour and a half, so yeah. I just want to just let okay. you guys know. because I don't know if you... Yeah, well, I just wanted to point out one thing that was kind of interesting. I think this was right before uh, uh, or just prior to the the firing of Tucker Carlson, which was a total Bud Light move. Um, I mean, <laughs> but there was a phone call. And uh, but just prior to this, they had announced on Fox News that my jaw was agape. And that's difficult <laughs> to do these days because everything is shocking. But um, they had, they said that uh, uh, Biden was implicated and that uh, the U.S. may be at the head of the world's largest child trafficking ring. And I was like. They're finally talking about it. It is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then nothing, just crickets right, after crickets. that. I couldn't believe, you know, you'd think the public would demand more of that story, but no, it it just came and went. And it seems well, like there yeah. three other shockers that week as well. And then, and then they get rid of Tucker and then they, and now they're, they're talking about how they're contributing to pride month on Fox. You'll probably so, do a meringue, but. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, who knows what strategy is really at play here. We've seen a lot of really brilliant, happy mistakes and so on but uh yeah that, oh, yeah. that was a shocker oh, yeah. to me that one and i i don't know if very many people that caught that i wish i was i wish i had a record of it you know well tucker i mean the guy was the only one in my opinion who was telling the truth oh, yeah. on mainstream media and i think everybody knows it and certainly there was really hardly a subject that he didn't talk about that he didn't get into maybe certain things you know the really deep dark stuff those types of things, maybe uh, the satanic ritual abuse and things along those lines. I think had he been there long enough, he might have actually gone there. I mean, he he, yeah. he did an incredible service to humanity. And you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, now, whether whether or not this is part of an overall strategy, which I happen to believe it is in terms of exposing and, and ultimately um, infiltrating and flipping mainstream media, I think first you have to expose it for what it is. And I think we're still kind of in that process. Some people would say, well, you know, Fox chose a lane. Some people are looking at it from that perspective that, you know, at this stage, you know, you got the white hats and you got the deep state and more or less the, uh, the people like the Rupert Murdoch's of the world and so forth. Maybe he was made some sort of an offer for a deal uh, by the white hats. Maybe the deep state basically threatened him down from it, talked him down from it. You know, you got to wonder how Tucker Carlson really ended up in the position he did to begin with. And that's something a lot of people don't really talk about, you know, so could this be a very clever strategy to expose Fox for what it is and ultimately the role uh, that they played in, well, so many things, but certainly I think we all remember they were the first ones to call the election oh, yeah. in 2020. They were the first ones to say that Biden, you know, to latch onto this thing and to dig their heels in, even before CNN and MSNBC, I mean, it was Fox who was leading the charge. Um, so, you know, a lot of fog of war behind the scenes there. But yeah, I mean, uh, Tucker Carlson, he was, I mean, he was hitting upon everything. He, right before they, they canned him, he was talking about Epstein. You know, he was talking, he was going after Big Pharma, which I think probably is like the cardinal sin, you know, if you're a, a mainstream media figure, because, you know, they pay all the bills. <laughs> you just I mean, watch the commercials. He was following the rules of Fox, I think. I mean, there was no mention of 2000 Mules. 
Uh, there was a lot of different topics that were obviously verboten on on Fox. But, yeah, then we had, to, you know, the announcement that Tucker was going to do his show on Twitter. And then a couple of days later, there was the announcement that Elon had hired uh, the gal from the WEF uh, to be the CEO. I mean, like everything is a roller coaster ride. Oh, but I, totally I think when Tucker finally does emerge with his new show and I, he brought his staff with him and whatnot, uh, that's going to be that's going to be epic. And I think it'll be a beautiful way to, you know, how merge our world of, you know, truthers with our little homegrown shows. And <laughs> and then this this uh, mainstream media mogul uh coming in and singing the same tune i think it's going to be amazing and he's already seeded that by mm -hmm. appearing on some you know some little uh shows and tucker if you're listening we'd love to have you on the show <laughs> absolutely oh, if you can land tucker wow I'd, my hats would be off to you but yeah i think you're absolutely right i think what what's happening is he's you know multiple things are happening not, not, nothing that happens is just really to accomplish one objective in this war i think it's on multiple different levels oh yeah you know it's exposing mainstream media but it's also legitimizing alternative media at the same time and bringing a lot more people into the fold, like you were talking about. I mean, this guy had, I don't even know how many viewers, just a you know, stupid really? amount. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, and a mogul, yeah. I mean, a guy was making like, I think a, a 1.8 million a month or something like that. I mean, you know, this is a, this is a, a huge, huge event that occurred. And I still don't know all the different angles. I'm still trying to find out more in a sense of what really went down behind the scenes. There's a lot of different, some people say that he knew he was going to be fired and other people say that he didn't. Some people say that it was a deal. It was all planned from the beginning. Um, we just don't know. That's, that's really the point. But, you know, again, I have kind of gotten to the stage where, I mean, I do the best that I can to try to figure out what's going on behind the scenes, but if I can't figure out all the details, which basically nobody can, what I tend to focus on is what's the end result here? You know, we don't necessarily know who's pulling all the strings, but what's the end result? What's happening as the result of all of these news stories that maybe we don't understand why they happened or what made them happen or what or who prompted them to happen. But we certainly can see the change that's happening as a result. And what happened when Tucker left? The entire audience left with him. Right. But in what world do you ever does any business ever fire uh you know 90 percent of their revenue yeah they're just like <laughs> what kind of a decision is that you know well, you gotta insane. wonder you gotta wonder some people are saying that uh you know they, there have been bankruptcies that have happened behind the scenes yeah. that are tied into trump's executive orders having to do with crimes against humanity having to do with election fraud we know that they were deeply involved with that so it could be that this is all part of the public rollout of the hostile takeover of these uh, news institutions. Now, it's possible that we could see the mainstream media converted and conform to the truth. Ultimately, it's kind of a strange way to say it, but, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, or we might just see that go away uh, and, and the, the alternative media is going to become the new mainstream media. I think it really kind of already has when you look at the numbers uh, overall. I mean, it's pretty incredible. I mean, obviously, there are people like Tucker Carlson who had massive, massive audiences. But when you look at CNN and their demographics and how many people they get to watch a show, we have people in our community that get way more views when they put out a video of them driving around in their car talking about what's going on. So obviously, the landscape has changed massively. And I think that a lot of this has to do with um, covert bankruptcies this is all tied into the whole economic element 
the, the implosion of the system on multiple different levels, the media aspect, uh, you know, the, the media portion of the establishment, the medical wing of the establishment, uh, you know, the military wing of the establishment. Everything is starting to the intelligence agencies. Everything is starting to come to the surface now. And again, we don't have all of the answers. I do believe we're going to get them. I do think that we have to have truth and reconciliation, especially after this insane period that we've been living through. And it's only going to get more insane in the short term before it gets better. But I think we should emphasize that it's definitely going to get better. In my view, I think we are on the cusp. I think we're living through probably the, the last year, who knows, maybe two. I don't know. But I think it's going to get really hairy over the next couple of years, 2023 and 24. I don't think are going to be a, a picnic by any stretch. But I think when we get to the other side of that, and again, it could be a lot sooner than that. I mean, nobody really knows the time frame, but that's just my my best estimate is that the rest of this year and possibly, you know, most likely into 2024, we're going to be in for some really difficult times. It's going to be a wild, insane ride. It already has been, but it's all really been a preface to what's coming. But on the other side of that, I truly believe we're going to see Nasara, Jasara, we're going to have the QFS. I think there's going to be the release of all of these suppressed patents. I think we're going to see free energy. I think we're going to see med beds or, or if not med beds, certainly incredible medical technologies that can pretty much cure most diseases that are, are known to us. I think we are entering into a golden age. I truly do believe that. I don't think that we're going through all of this hell right now right. Uh, just so that we can have more hell. For the rest of our lives, I don't think that that's what this is all about. I think that we are undoubtedly on the right trajectory. It's just that, you know, the white hat plan and the deep state plan, the way that they kind of have been at war with each other, the, the white hats have basically parallel constructed their strategy to be very covert, to work right alongside the deep state until that really that tipping point moment when there's going to be a reversal. And everything that was set up to destroy us and everything that was set there, they were, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about painting a target on our back. I mean, the deep state, they wanted all of us in camps. They wanted all of us exterminated. I mean, they, we were, the, I mean, certainly they wanted all of humanity, most of humanity extinguished uh, or exterminated rather, except for about, you know, maybe 500 million uh, Chinese, because I guess historically the, the Chinese don't rebel as much to slavery, I guess that's that was their sort of ideology but everybody else they wanted dead and so you know i think um what's going to happen is that all of those uh i mean they were going to come after the patriots first they wanted us in camps if if hillary had won i think we'd already be there um they're the white hats are showing us exactly what they had intended Right. But I also think that there is more than enough evidence and we don't have time. And certainly right now for me to lay it all out, we can get into it on another call. And I'm sure the audience, my audience and yours, we've heard about all of the evidence, but there's more than enough evidence to suggest. And uh, really, in my view, to prove that the white hats are actually in control behind the scenes. And I, I think probably the most, the most evident, the, 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 the biggest example is that the fact that we're still here. The fact that we're having this conversation, the fact yeah. that it's exploding and more and more people are joining the conversation with every passing day, that to me is evidence of who's really in control behind the scenes. It's going to get really hairy, but we're headed for a golden age. And I really, I truly do believe the best is yet to come. Agreed. Wow. Well, on that note, uh, where can where can our viewers find you? And then we'll do the same for your viewers. 
Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'm on uh, True Social uh, and Telegram at Patriot Underground for both. And uh, I'm also on uh, Rumble, BitChute, uh, Podbean, and I also just started posting on Odyssey as well. Uh, so yeah, you can just uh, go to any of those sites. You can check out, I mean, I can send you guys my links if uh, folks want to click the link and uh, come check out my channel. I'd, I'd love to have you um, join the digital family, as I like to say. And uh, yeah, if not, you can just uh, go to any one of those platforms. You can even just uh, go to DuckDuckGo and search Patriot Underground. And you'll see my channels. They'll pop right up. There you go. And we. Are, what about you guys? <laughs> we are a truth stream with Joe and Scott. We're, our main focus is Rumble. And we are also on BitChute. We do have a YouTube channel. But under under our links on the uh, description on the app, uh, it has all our links there. For Rumble. It, yeah. for, for Rumble, yeah. And then um, and on, on the desktop, you just got to hit show more. But yeah, we're on TikTok. We will load a little, uh, you know, some little videos on there to, to share uh, the longer videos. And we're on uh, Truth Social. Uh, we are on Telegram. <laughs> and uh instagram inst instagram and what oh and then uh uh what what's god there's there's so many of them um what about tiktok you on TikTok? tiktok yeah yeah we're on tiktok twitter twitter that's it we're on twitter too oh, you guys so are everywhere there's so many with t's but a little but, bit yeah. yeah but anyway yeah true stream with joe and scott and that's where you can find everything so well thank you so much we'll we'll do this again soon and uh uh take care everybody yeah i really enjoyed it thank yep. you all right thank you everybody thanks for having me Cheers.